0: If you chop a big crop of straw and you turn around to try and establish a winter crop immediately, especially if you're coming from the likes of winter wheat into winter oilseed rape or something like that, with a very small window in between, seedbed consolidation and slugs can be an issue. And it's just something that has to be worked on that you have to prepare it. It must be said that all farmers,
1: especially tillage farmers, should have our full admiration for dealing with the complexities of farming not only the physical side of the house, but also ensuring compliance with various rules and also managing to make a living at the same time. Farming is a complex business and changing the business for yet new demands generally doesn't make farming any simpler. You're listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Age with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Last week, Chagas held a very informative farm walk on Don Summers' farm in Wexford. Don is a tillage signpost farmer and is leading the way in taking the complexity within farming and putting it into practice on his farm. Over the coming weeks, I will talk to researchers, advisors and Don himself who attended the walk on how the practices on Don's farm is helping the environment and also Don's bottom line. You'll hear from Pat Power, a tillage advisor in Wexford, to talk about straw incorporation on Don's farm. But first, I talk to Dr. David Wall, a Targus researcher in Johnstown, about the soils on Don's farm and how the management of these soils is helping Don to maintain yields. I began by asking David about the soils on Don's farm in particular.
2: We're here, Michael in, a, in a, a clonroach type soil so for, for, for everybody that's a, a, a soil with uh, I suppose moderate clay it's free draining soil over shale so the the, the nutrients etc uh, water etc can get away what we're looking here so Don has been using um, a minimum tillage type operation for the last while he's, he's given up the plough and you can see in the plough layer etc there's good structure number one um, so plenty of organic matter being returned, it's maintaining the organic matter and the structure is built up, so it's I, fairly resilient. I,
1: I seen you David pushing a, a knife in there earlier yeah. down along the soil profile, in doing that you, you think it's still free enough, it still doesn't need to be you no, know, no. pushed up with a plough C- or anything? It's- C-
2: certainly you know this is a kind soil, um, you could say in, in terms of Wexford soils uh, as, as the thing goes, but yeah no, the, the knife goes in without too much force, um, Plenty of uh, evidence there for uh, cracking aggregates, so the soil aggregates themselves are, are formed there, and the roots are exploring the whole depth. The roots are all there. yeah. You know, okay. um. The other thing that don is doing is he's using control tramlines control traffic uh, so he's using his tramlines for nearly all his operations even <laughs> funny enough we went digging here and he even drove the digger along the headland rather than going straight across the field at an angle to come up the the tram line and you can see there we've dug it across the tram line there as well so um, and the with, tram
1: line is a bit compacted as you as you were saying. It is, it there. yeah. No. But is it not, fairly not, localised not, or? not too bad. It's What's localised
2: within the, 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 the top, I suppose, foot or the top thirty centimetres. Um, underneath that is fine. So even the tramlines are not going to bog up here, but it is compacted. There's no uh, two ways about it uh, with the heavy traffic But he'll uh, be coming back to area. that same spot again. But he'll be coming back, so he's not going to remediate that. There's no need to remediate that. And, you know, even his bottom headland, we were looking at that yesterday. Uh, everything is stuck, drawn-out grain, bales, the whole lot. It all comes out on the tramline, and you go left or right of that tramline, even on the bottom headland, and there's no problem. You know, Soil is good. Other big things I suppose that that uh, you can see the soil organic matter or the soil carbon, very topical issue at the moment in terms of things like carbon farming coming along down the road. Uh, this system here, um, is, is, you can see there there's, there's, there's stubble but he's religiously putting in cover crops and you can see that in the soil there, there's plenty of root matter. Um, and leading to replenishing our soil organic matter.
1: And a a cover crop we have in front of us here, I see there's a bit of vetch, there's a bit of phacelia, there's some rape uh, of some sort on it as well, and there might even be a bit of clover there as well, along with the volunteers as
2: well. So that'll create a... But how how important is that in terms of getting that in early or late? Look, it's critical that it goes in as early as possible. It's like any young crop. uh, If you put it in, getting more into the winter, so into October, even late September, it's not going to grow as much Uh, therefore you don't have as big a crop and you don't have as big a root mass underneath it so it can't do a lot for you if it's going in late if you can get it in look at this is a challenging harvest this year with the weather and everything else but of a more normal year trying to get it in there as early as possible the first couple of weeks of September would be really key yeah, or, 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 pushing it back into August if you're after winter barley or, yeah. or something this, like
1: that. It very much looks looks like a crop in, in in sown in August, and I think Richie Hacker would have shown that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We, we the, the bigger biomass comes from an August or even early August sown kind of crop. Yeah.
2: No, and look at if 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 your rotation uh, suits that. Uh, the other thing I suppose that Don is is selecting here cover crops that suit his rotation. You know, if you're if you're I see rape in the rotation and you have brassicas in there, you would probably want to avoid those a little bit and, and go with something else. So there are options out there. And of course we're in
1: a, we're in the Slaney uh, catchment area here in yep. terms of the nitrates issues.
2: How good does the these cover crops gather up? The, the, probably, the Michael, the most effective um I would say a mitigation or mop-up tool that you have in the, in the bag. Um, cover cropping, we've shown religiously that you can take up uh, more than probably 50 kilograms, 40 to 50 kilograms, if you get it in early. So this goes back to the early cover crop, a big vigorous grown crop there coming into the winter. Um, that, that nitrate in particular is typically lost once leaching starts and it takes a bit of uh, time for the soil to wet up. This is uh, uh, even a year where leaching hasn't started yet, despite all the rain, but come the third week, week of October, first week of November, anything that's left there below the root layer will be gone, will be flushed out. So cover cropping, getting it in early, getting uh, mopping up that nutrients, even in a year like last year where there was a, a, a mini, mini drought when cover crops would have been going in, we still took up uh, between 30 and 40 kilograms yeah. per hectare of nitrogen. So it's the
1: number one solution. It is, yeah, for that. sure. You, uh, David, come across here, uh, just in terms of, you have here on, in, in front of us, uh, just to describe to people, there's kind of a, a uh, an open, big, large drainage pipe, and there's there's a couple of profiles of soil on both sides, and one you have down is a well-drained soil, and one you have down is a, a poorly-drained soil, and the poorly-drained soil, in terms of how it looks, it looks like plaster seen to yeah. a fair degree, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and the one is well-drained,
2: Looks fairly sandy, at least to me. You might describe a little bit about what you're trying to show here. Okay, so in terms of these two soils, we're showing the contrast, as you said, uh, the very well-drained sandy soil uh, versus the clay-rich, poorly-drained soil and how you might manage these. So, obviously, the poorly-drained soil with that clay, as as you mentioned, plasticine is a great analogy because it's sticky. It's sticky now after the rain last night, but when we took that... Uh, profile out of a field here next door Um, uh, the water was beginning to pond under the wheels of the the, the digger when we were taking it out so again uh, the drainage is not going to go through that soil it's less risky in terms of nitrate leaching and probably more risky in terms of stuff coming off in the overflow. I
1: even see a bit of grey here towards towards the bottom end of that profile. That's a bit of grey marley kind of stuff or yeah. is that just grey marley. So
2: basically the water table, that indicates that the permanent water table is down probably 40, 45 centimetres underneath that soil. So uh, as Don says, that's his winter cropping type scenario. He tries to get winter crops in there because it takes too long to dry out. In the spring and it's probably if he's putting in uh, crops in the spring it's late March into April before he can work that soil properly.
1: And that's a big contrast to, to everything we we're talking about in the soil pit which is a Clonroach soil, this is not Clonroach necessarily? No, no, it?
2: so so this is a, a, a Dleisol, um more akin to um, a, a retangen type soil that we have a lot in the south of Wexford. The other soil then is, is the, well, a, the well-drained soil is, is more akin to a screen soil. Anybody locally that knows the screen soil, it's basically uh, very very sandy. You know, it, it, you it could just say crumbles. It
1: crumbles in your hand. It's almost like yes. taking up
2: a, taking up a big handful of sand almost. Yeah, very hard. You know, talking with Don even yesterday, it's very hard to maintain uh, a good supply of moisture in this soil.
1: Okay, dries so, out fast. So
2: dries out fast. Um, uh, that's that's an issue for him. Um, I suppose maintaining the organic matter in this is really really important to hold on to that moisture To give you some little bit of resilience there in the height of the summer in this But on the other side of that very risky in terms of nutrient leaching You know it'll go fly through it once it begins to rain so building our organic matter He's on an no-till system. It suits this soil, but ultimately you know contrast contrasting soils need to be managed i suppose soil specific management and knowing your soils across your farm is key
1: david thanks very much for that i see a huge great big group of farmers coming at you so you're going to have to keep talking thanks That's very okay. much david no thanks michael let's hear from pat power a tillage advisor in wexford about straw
0: incorporation on don's farm here he practices a lot of strong corporation he has done for a number of years especially on crops where straw would have been of minimal value like oats oilseed rape beans they've all been chopped but since the straw chopping scheme has come in two years ago he's increased that quite significantly and now chops an average of 53 percent of the farm every year which is is quite a lot of straw operation and i suppose there's a couple of different reasons for that it works twofold you have the carbon sequestration point of view which obviously is to the fore at the moment in battling climate change of which strong cooperation is very important but it's also providing nutrients back to the farm as well back to the ground where he's taking it off because he doesn't have any livestock or anything like that so any straw that is sold is all exported off the farm and when I mean, you
1: talk about those nutrients see just behind us on the board here you have a you have those kind of categorized out to say the big ones down here so we're in Wexford spring barley a big crop down here what sort of nutrient return from or nutrient saving I suppose or, or not exporting whichever
0: you like to call it uh, do you have from some of the kind of key crops there? The amount of nutrients being returned back to the ground off a uh, standard 7.5 tonne per hectare crop of spring barley is not huge in phosphorus. It's only around two kilos per hectare, but you do have quite a lot of potassium in your straw, and you'd be looking at around 50 kilos per hectare for that, which is, is can result in quite a save the, and over time maybe even different types of compounds being used on the farm. Uh, would, would any of those figures be a little bit bigger in some of the other crops? I would of course um, if you moved there to the likes of your winter wheat, you would have double the potassium being returned or maybe a little weighted even. And winter oats is a big one as well, Winter oats, then the difference would be you would have uh, half that again in potassium as well. You'd be up on 75 kilos per hectare of potassium being returned, which would be a huge benefit.
1: And of course, people, farmers, especially John, Don is no different than anybody else, likes the convenience of it, but of
0: course it doesn't have all upsides. Is there any downsides to to, to strong incorporation? There can be some management issues with strong incorporation and it just has to be done correctly if you chop a big crop of straw and you turn around to try and establish a winter crop immediately especially if you're coming from the likes of winter wheat into winter oilseed rape or something like that with a very small window in between seedbed consolidation and slugs can be an issue and it's just something that has to be worked on that you have to prepare it it can be a bigger issue here on Don's farm because he's all minimum tillage if you're plowing down that straw it's easier to get your seed beds uh, finer, but it can be quite fluffy and quite hard to consolidate without that. And how does Don work through that? He presses and then rolls after sowing.
1: Okay, so it's almost like a double, a double consolidation it scenario is. going on. Yeah. Okay. And in terms of the, um, is there any benefit in terms of nitrogen reduction in later crops, or does it does it soak up nitrogen maybe in the other side of it? it?
0: It certainly does. There's a figure there, thirty-seven kilograms per hectare that's been taken, basically taken in by the microbes in the soil in order to break down the straw because it's a it's a, a high lignin, low nitrogen material. So the the microbes actually take in nitrogen in order to break it down. And that can be very beneficial over the winter where you're overwintering the soil for a spring crop because that's soaking up that nitrogen and making it safe. it is very slow to release back, but it does get released back. And if you're incorporating straw over a number of years, uh, that cycle tends to, you tend to get that release every year as opposed to from it's the first year.
1: Okay, and of course that's a part of the new mac up there as well in terms of in terms of uh, helping out from, from a tillage farmer to get down closer to carbon zero or carbon neutral, I suppose. It
0: is, it is. You're sequestering carbon into the soil and there is a figure there of just over one tonne of carbon equivalents per hectare being, se- being sequestered into the soil each year with that.
1: Which is quite significant, considering considering it's the uh, the overall input, as, as we know it from tillage farms, is only a little over 1.3 or thereabouts. There it is, it's very
0: significant. And it, as you say, it's, it's bringing them very close down to that carbon neutrality point.
1: That's brilliant, Pat. Thanks very much for your time. No problem. Thanks, Michael. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Pat and David for joining me on the show. Next week, we'll chat to a number of advisors who are at the farm walk about Don's use of cover crops and also his extensive use of organic manures on the farm. So finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague and as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening and I'll be back next week with more Tillage news and advice.